because my boy Gardner Minshew, huh? He's he's going to be playing. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of the Dice Trades HQ podcast. My name is Michael Sipes. You can find me on Twitter at FF Blitz, and I'm here with my partner Jeremy Bruin <laughs> at Dynasty Madman. <laughs> it's funny. I just started laughing because, you know, we were bullshitting about what we were going to talk about. And then when you said my, my, what, what did you just say? Whatever you just said about Gardner Minshew. My main Minshew. man. Yeah. My main man, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Was that a joke or were you being serious? Did, did, uh, did you like Gardner Minshew? Do you like Gardner yeah, Minshew now? You know, what? <laughs> I love Uncle Rico. That dude, that dude lives in an RV and works out, you know, in the building, takes his showers, doesn't even have a house. You know, he went to a camp last year. You know, like that, um, you know, it, just putting in all the time to try to be a, you know, an NFL quarterback. I, I love the dude's moxie. I think he's good for the NFL. He's great for fantasy teams, especially right now, if you happen to have him on your roster, right? Which I he's do. A guy that, yeah, he's a guy <laughs> that can come in and uh, get you some points. Not all, And we know all, not all quarterbacks are the same, um, much like a veteran quarterback that you have behind a veteran starter. You know, we talked about how there's nobody behind Aaron Rodgers for a winning team. Like, you know, the Jets want to be, there's nobody behind these like veteran guys in the league. There's like rookies and, you know, uh, long shot guys. They don't have like a veteran that can actually come off the bench and, and, you know, manage the, the offense to, you know, a, a capable game and maybe win it. Right. Gardner's a guy who can score a lot of points for us in fantasy. I don't want to say a lot, but he can get us <laughs> points, right? When the starter's down. And I think maybe that's the case now, right? It looks that way. And uh, mm -hmm. I mean, we kind of jumped right into it, but what starter is down that's opening the door for Gardner Minshew? Dude, a lot of people are crying. A lot of people are really upset about the rookie Anthony Richardson. Looks like he's out for the season. Um, you know, right AC sprain, like a clavicle injury. They're going to, they're going to, um, rest him he you know he was like hey guys i'm down tapping on his arm uh, he's you know he's hurting two guys took him down to the turf and think he's out think he's out for the rest of the year i mean maybe not maybe maybe he can make it back but there's they're certainly going to rest that we saw what happens with the shoulder in injury with deshaun watson right tape some cotton balls to it and tell him to sit at home for three weeks <laughs> get a massage you know i mean it's like Seriously, let you you don't mess around with that with quarterbacks throwing shoulder or not throwing shoulder, but you know with a guy with a guy's um, with a guy like him who came in with so anticipated the first overall pick in some cases the first quarterback taken in many cases to be out um, is a big thing. He was putting up points for people. We were starting him. Yeah. I mean, I rolled him out comfortably. I only own him in like what two spots I rolled him out comfortably at my second, you know, as my second quarterback, my quarterback too, without even question. Like, I think I sat him one week that, that I recommended to sit him. Uh, but otherwise after week one, when I definitely sat him after that, it was just a matter of plugging him in and at, at quarterback too, much like you do with, you know, um, a Justin Fields or something. If you have Justin Herbert, let's say you're, you're putting those guys in and hoping for the best with the running. And, and he was everything that people wanted. I didn't even expect it. And now it's a bummer, dude. Grade three, grade three AC sprain confirmed. Um, labrum's fine. It's considering surgery, probably the best solution long term, according to the Twitter doctors. A lot of physical therapists and and guys who don't get enough action at their day jobs apparently and love fantasy football. Um, but but they're not thinking short term, right? Because it's Colts, so they're probably go. The thing is, they're thinking probably surgery, and that means IR, and that means out for the season. So Gardner Minshew, hey guy. <laughs> I've got you. I didn't give up on you like Mike Sipes didn't give up on Brock Purdy. I didn't give up on Minshew. 
<laughs> so now now we got him. And dude, I in places where I didn't have Anthony Richardson, but I do have Gardner Minshew, of course I'm happy. I just got another quarterback. Yeah, it's funny. The places that I have Gardner, I had him still because of last year and everything. Mm -hmm. So you're right. That's not the reason I have him. I mean, there's so many things you just said. (laughs) One of the things you mentioned is about the rookie drafts and everything. And it's true. Throughout the offseason this year, it always seemed like he kept rising and rising. You know, it wasn't he wasn't the first overall pick in those early April drafts and everything. But the more we got into, especially the HQ leagues, the 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 later like because we spread out the HQ leagues for every one of the drafts. So it was like every week, every other week, there was another one. And it seemed like he kept going higher and higher. And then he was, like you said, the 1.01. When you speak about those rookie drafts, one of the things we were going to have this week, first of all, it's a Tuesday night. I I, I cannot remember the last time you and I did a show on a Tuesday. Love and, it. And definitely at a seven o'clock at night. We haven't done that in a long time. But I'm awake. <laughs> but we had a couple a couple family situations and hospital situations and things just went crazy. But we did have some guests lined up that we unfortunately had to push till next week because of everything that went on this week. And um, you know, that's the rookie fever guys. So they're gonna be on next week. I, I I'm interested to know what they have to say about that because that was a big thing this off I can't season, wait you know? yeah I can't wait to talk to them in general Mike about all the rookies there you know we have a lot of rookies to celebrate this season some that have started slow it'll be a really good conversation I agree some great shows coming up I, I love when we have our pals on the show um and you know something well I'll, I'll save it for later a future <laughs> show we need to see if our listeners want it Okay, that's a good thing. Well, the other thing, too, is because we kind of threw this all together today, uh, we did uh, reach out to Matt again. Matt Walker's going to jump in with us for a few minutes uh, in a little bit to talk uh, about some injuries and some fill-ins. But but he has to do it really quick because, what is it, There, there's baseball playoffs tonight or whatever? My God, he's got to watch the Philadelphia Phillies. The <laughs> Phillies are playing tonight at 8 o'clock. Apparently, his wife is an enormous Phillies fan, so they're going to be on the couch uh, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. So, well, yeah. that'll be cool. So Matt will jump in. in here. Yeah, and Matt will jump in with us with the, in a few minutes. Um, uh, but you know, with the injuries, he, uh, Anthony Richardson, like you said, he was a you know a, like a set it and forget it for a lot of people. You know, and and yeah. a lot of times you don't expect that with a rookie. Um, with with a lot of the the superflex leagues that we're in, like you said, Gardner Minshew is already on everybody's roster. You know, maybe in some redraft leagues or Scott Fish. Well, maybe, probably not even Scott Fish, but in some of the redrafts, he's out there. So if people are looking at it. Do, I mean, based on what you just said, it seems like it'll be a long-term thing. It'll be it'll be him the rest of the year. So yeah. should people be throwing all their fab money on him if they need a quarterback? I mean, I mean, what they have left, right? Yeah, because yeah, I mean, this I, is week I, six, sure. right? Is that what it is? Was. <laughs> oh, okay. It just was. So this is going into week seven. So you're right. If he's not, I'm sure he's not out there. But in redraft leagues, he probably is. You know. Um, yeah. No, and that's the thing. Um, that it's a guy you definitely want to get with a long term injury because what's what's behind Minshew? You know. I mean, you're not getting um you know, starter snaps probably from anyone else they bring in or have. So yeah, you you do want to throw the rest of your fab at him if you're in a position to win. I'm sure most people will, but I he's probably not on the waiver wire. Um, you know, after the first time Anthony Richardson got banged around, if he was out there, because Minshew's, you know, one of those veteran, you know, maybe Cooper Rush is out there, right? Maybe like a lot of the backup quarterbacks are still available, but, but guys like Minshew, you know, they get, they get picked up pretty quick. Jacoby Brissett, another one, like if he should not be on waivers, you know, um, 
But yeah, if you have it, if you have him on your waivers and you have Fab left after the first, you know, five, six weeks of the season, definitely spend that money. All right. The only other thing I wanted to bring up before we bring in Matt, when I said that you said a lot of things and there was there was something uh-huh. else, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. That one is a really strange thing. People Head are scratcher. yeah, people are really not happy with him. And I thought it would be interesting based on you. That's your team and everything. Yeah, I have sure read is. so much stuff where people are com- comparing what they gave for him and what they could have done. Say if they would have kept Baker Mayfield, who's playing great over there in Tampa. Uh, mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing that people are saying like Deshaun's given up on this team just the way he did on Houston. And uh, I don't know. What what you feel, how you feel that way. I know in one of our HQ leagues, there was a trade this past week um, that involved yeah. Deshaun Watson and Justin Fields, which that's another thing going on. So I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I love Fields, first of all. I think, you know, that's a hard team to play for. They are awful. I see every week um, guys who know way more about football than I do, They, you know, posting interesting things that they've observed of the how terrible the Chicago offensive line is, how terrible the play calling can be. And then, you know, we've seen some terrible moments from Justin Fields, but then showing how he really is the leader of that team takes ownership for their losses, whether it's his fault or not, you know, some, some big guy stuff. I've seen enough from him to think that he can be on that team, but quarterbacks of course are always in the spotlight and good or bad. You know, they reap that uh, every time with Cleveland, you have to be crazy. If you're a Browns fan, you have to be crazy. If you still get angry about the Browns, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, there are older people out there that are lifelong Browns fans like me, but they've been following them even longer. And I see them get, you know, just infuriated by what the Brown Browns do. Nothing surprises me anymore. It's like they're, perpetually jinxed like they can't kick it they just they have this jinx so you know this cloud that hovers hovers over them but the defense has been playing better than a defense in like 50 plus years has played some good things going um play calling aside from kevin stefanski the browns offense they're playing like seasoned veterans across the board they, you know they need a a different tackle maybe it'd be nice if nick chubb didn't get hurt but given injuries to the offensive line and their number one running back they beat the niners like one of the best teams in the league and they made them look silly doing it, you know. Um, so there, I think there's um, hope ahead. But even my wife was like, Deshaun Watson, huh? People are saying, you know, like, why isn't he playing? It's like he he doesn't want to play. I'm like, listen, this guy wants to play football. There's no way Deshaun Watson doesn't want to go out there and lead the team. I mean, this is a guy that was face masking, grabbing Steelers by the face mask, and just eviscerating them on the field. A, a big, tough linebacker just grabbed his face mask and threw him to the turf. He's a competitor. He wants to play. Apparently has, you know, an injury in his shoulder that can take four to six weeks to heal. Um, Doesn't mean he can't throw. Doesn't mean a lot of things. But if he hits it again, then he might be out for the season or or need surgery. So they're taking it slow uh, because now that they've gotten past the bye week and the uh, the other two games that he missed, they're kind of getting into the softer part of their schedule. And maybe they'll have him for the rest of the season and, and be able to win out or, you know, make it to the playoffs. So it makes a lot of sense. The real problem is these teams being secretive, a la Bill Belichick. Don't tell anybody anything. Don't give anything away. So the fans are getting pissed. Everybody's, <laughs> you know, wondering what's going on. Why are they so secret? Is the injury worse? Is Deshaun just like he doesn't want to play? He's he's lost the touch. I mean, it's just that the Browns aren't talking about the injury. He's not talking about it. The coach did. Deshaun Watson, no favors. Hey, hey, Watson, um, he's, he's cleared to play. It's up to him if he wants to go or not. I mean, that's... 
that was the silliest thing that the face of your franchise, your head coach should be saying to the public, making it seem like the guy just chose to sit because he just felt like it. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I've been seeing with all the stories that I see, you know, and when you, when I guess that's a great way to look at it when the coach is being so vague about it and, and the analysts and the writers and the Twitter people are all jumping to their own conclusions. So the big conclusion that I keep seeing from everybody is that he's just given up on his team. He's taken his 200 million guarantee, whatever money and, and, you know, just taken off. And so I was just wondering what you thought about that. It is interesting that going into week seven, we already have all these backup quarterbacks starting for some of these teams, you know? So, but you're saying it's an injury reason that they're taking him slow, not that he doesn't want to play for you. Oh, yeah. No, he absolutely wants to play. I mean, this is a great, great team right now to quarterback. I mean, there there's high hopes for them, you know, winning the division still and, and going to the playoffs. He hasn't played in a long time, right? Year and a half, season and a half, two seasons. Gosh, I can't even keep up with it. You know he wants to play. Everybody's like, oh, the guaranteed money. You know, he clearly he, he knows he's going to make money whether he plays or not. And I think it's it's really the injury. He'll be back. The Browns will be playing well. Um, I think everybody, based on how the defense is playing right now, wants to play for that team, right? Yeah. Well, and it's pretty funny uh, <clears throat> wanting to play for teams. <laughs> Right before we started to do this, um, I mentioned to you and you you were laughing that I saw that Julio Jones just signed with the Eagles. Um, Whoa. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Julio. All right. It's funny when we, we, you know, when you get this late into the season, when, when some people sign, you're always like, oh, shit, I forgot all about him. Or, oh, I didn't know that he signed. You know, there was a big story. I think it was... Uh, what today's Tuesday? I think it was like maybe Saturday where there was all these talks that Leonard Fournette was going to sign with the Bills, and you know now here we are on Tuesday he hasn't right. signed yet. But there are still some players out there that want to play for teams, and it seems like every single week we lose these players. There's a lot of injuries, you know, especially down here in Miami. We were all so excited about Devin a chain, and then he went down. You know, fortunately he didn't go on IR. He's just going to miss a couple weeks. But you know, it seems like every single week some bigger names go down. So I know that's one of the things we were going to talk to with Matt Walker. So um, maybe why don't we do this? Why don't we bring him in? Um, before we do that, did you want to talk about uh, Dynasty Nerds? Yeah, definitely want to talk about Dynasty Nerds. Um, listen, we love we love the nerds. I think their podcast is you know a close second behind ours, really. No, I'm just kidding. Those guys are great. Sign up. <laughs> I just took a at, drink right when you said that. <laughs> sign up at Dynasty Nerds using our promo code Trades HQ, and you get fifteen percent off any Dynasty Nerds membership. So Trades HQ. Um, listen, those guys have a lot of great tools on their website to use. They got the the film room um, for rookies. They've got you know in Devi players. They've got all kinds sorts of great things and tools. A GM tool. Um, and a great podcast. It's worth every penny. Um, I use their stuff myself over there. Dynasty Nerds, hit them up 15% off Trades HQ. Awesome. And now let's bring in Matt Walker. <laughs> hey, Matt, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know the whole thing was all last minute. And we were scrambling to do stuff. And I know you have a very important thing to watch at 8 o'clock tonight. So we really appreciate you jumping in with us tonight. Philly. Pleasure's all mine. Eight oh seven, first pitch, right? So we got a, we got a few bonus minutes, you know, if we if we run a little long here. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I would like drink in hand, butt on seat yeah. by eight oh seven to see the first pitch from Aaron Nolder tonight. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So good luck. What, what is it exactly right now? What what game is it? How far are you into it? This is two. game two of the NLCS. We're up one on the the Diamondbacks, and then the Texans are playing the Rangers in the oh. ALCS. So That's awesome. Winner of that plays winner of this for the World Series. Wow. And you, it's you funny say to hear Texans versus Rangers. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we're going back to like the OK Corral or I'm no, I'm sorry. We're going back to uh, the Alamo. <laughs> and you say your wife watches it with you. So the two of you get to experience this together. Yeah, she's a, she's a big baseball fan. Not a big football fan. Yeah, she tolerates football, That's but awesome. she likes baseball. She always has been. We had season tickets before we had kids. Um, she doesn't like the late nights. Yeah, you know, 11 o'clock, 1130 by the time these days are wrapping up. I mean, even I don't like them. I'm too old at this yes. point for, for an 11.30 for <laughs> a school night. But uh, oh. one, you know, a few weeks out of the year is uh, is tolerable. Well, we thank your wife for loaning you to us before the game starts. You're like the uh, veteran backup quarterback, comes off the bench in a pinch, wins the football game, Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, those guys we love to have in fantasy football uh, for fantasy goodness. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. No, my pleasure, man. You know, it's uh, you know, I uh, always ready. You know, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. You know, I get the opportunity to just thank you guys. You know, hey, give, me, give me 15 minutes, you know, to explain to the wife why I'm going to do it, and I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and it, and it is kind of cool, you know, when he says about coming in and taking over. We, we talked earlier before you came in. We we talked about Gardner Minshew and and Anthony Richardson and and Deshaun Watson and stuff. But you know, Jeremy was saying. The, the two times we've had you in here, he, he mentions about tight ends with you. And, you know, obviously the biggest story, I don't know who's sick and not sick of it and whatever is, you know, all, all the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift stuff that's going on all the time. <laughs> oh, no, you had to go and do it. I, I know. I saw Jeremy's face. You know, um, I was going to say in one of the HQ leagues, in HQ1, which is one of the biggest leagues we have where it's 16 teams and it's a very difficult uh, thing to do, you know, but a trade went down a couple days ago in HQ one where Travis Kelsey was traded for JSN, Jake Ferguson, and a fourth round pick. And, uh, Jeremy said we were going to talk about some trades later on, but I just kind of thought to start with you right now <laughs> with a trade like that, what do we, do either one of you guys like the Travis side or the other side, or is it not really good? Jeremy's talking, but he's muted. Jeremy. <laughs> uh, mistake. All I want to uh, say uh, is it's just to two totally different teams that are going for each side of that. Right, Matt? Yeah. I mean, Kelsey can only do this for so long, right? We probably said that for like the last like three or four years. I mean, yeah, too early, turned, apparently. Yeah. He just turned 34. You know, he has a career low in, in yards per reception. Looks like he's finally starting to get nicked up a little bit, missing some games. He's got some off the field things that seem to be important to him. I think the end is sooner rather than later for him. JSN for Ferguson is not a big haul. Um, in my opinion, I think you could probably do better. Um, not that I don't think better days are ahead for JSN, but I would have held. Kelsey a little bit more, assuming that guy's a seller trying to rebuild um, and definitely would have want more than a fourth round pick, if that's what you said, uh, on, on top of that. I probably at least want a second, those two players to move off Kelsey. It is funny because because the player that the guy that did the trade that got Travis Kelsey, 
he is tied with me in first place. We're both six and zero in that league. So um, the guy who traded Travis Kelsey is like fourth from the bottom. But it, okay. it, but it's but it's kind of interesting when you say if he was a seller, like because I thought about it, I was like, well, he didn't send me any Travis Kelsey offer, so Dude. I wonder if the other guy sent it to him. Yeah. You know. It's typically how it happens, right? And, and nice humble brag on the front end of that with your six and their team there, of Mike. Of course. And I just yeah. drop that in real quick. But I know, yeah, I know what I, I'm doing. I mean, whenever, <laughs> whenever I see that, I think the exact same thing. And we all live <laughs> in that world, right? Where it's like, if you were selling this guy, you should have let me know, right? Yeah, well, always let me know, too. <laughs> more than likely, it was the other way around, right? It was, you know, he went after him for Kelsey. So, oh, one of the worst teams in the league has Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, and I'm 6 and right now. I'm going to make a push. Why not offer him JSN Ferguson and a fourth and see what happens. (laughs) Now, wouldn't you, if you sent the offer at night and you woke up in the morning and you saw that you traded those three pieces away and you got Kelsey and you're six and oh, I mean, seriously, dreaming about the day when you wake up and find that what you're looking for has been here the whole time. And there he is. And he's helping you win. God, (laughs) a lyric was coming around the bend uh, on on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good feeling for a six and team to add the tight end one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, regardless of premium or whatever, I mean, it's a must start position. He just got better. Right. And I'm always flags fly forever. I'm not worried about moving someone that was a top four, (laughs) top five pick in JSN. If I win this year, I don't. I don't care. That Absolutely, right. for the next eight years, I don't. And who knows what he's going to do or be anyway? We still don't know. You know what Kelsey is, and uh, there's some satisfaction and some, you know, goodness if you make it to the playoffs. JSN's not helping you get there. Ferguson's probably not. That pick is definitely not. So, <laughs> yeah, you got to go for the. You got to go for it. Matt just disappeared. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I, I'm, we, I'm in and out with the crowd here uh, at Citizens Bank Park. The reason people, the what we're talking about is Matt has one of those green screens like Jeremy, and he has a crowd picture behind him. But when he it's moves the, in the a crazy Phillies fan <laughs> celebrating the win game one over the Diamondbacks, look at that. I mean, <laughs> I love it too because I used to do that, you know. I didn't have much to celebrate, but I pulled up other people celebrating and different because my teams don't win. But I mean, I, all kinds of backgrounds and, and Matt's doing that same thing every week. It's a different it's a different image, usually yeah. Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. He it was the it. touch push last week, right? When we were recording, as everyone was talking about how that should be illegal. Yeah, it's, it's good times to be a Philly fan. I like well, how not, not I, Sunday it wasn't not on Sunday. No, I was, was going to say I like how they yeah. talked about the the butt push thing. Well, I think it was last night's game where it didn't work, where they were trying to do it yeah, miserably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love when the announcers say it's a it's a it's an easy thing. There's no way to not be able to do it, and then all of a sudden the team doesn't do it. You know, it's always funny when that happens. But yeah. um, so Jeremy, like I said, Jeremy talks about you with the tight ends is there there is another tight end i want to ask you about but before i ask you that is there is there somebody that surprised you so far this year at that position that you think you know hey it wasn't what was expected but it's awesome and maybe you should do something about it <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't say surprise because I've, I've been on this guy forever but i think it's ironic that he's kind of come full circle and it's johnny smith with the Atlanta falcons <laughs> Um, you know, he was, he was with Arthur Smith in Tennessee when he really started to pop. I hoped, uh, when he went to new England on that mega contract that they were really going to use him as their primary pass catcher, but they didn't. Um, it was Hunter Henry and he got marginalized and lo and behold, ends up back in the faithful arms of Arthur Smith, who just loves him. Some John Smith. He does. 
we, we were talking about it earlier. We recorded the 40 earlier today. Um, the last two weeks, John o. Smith has won run one fewer route than Kyle Pitts. Wow. And he's, he's currently tight end eight in PPR on the season, John o. Smith. Above Where's Pitts? Pitts. Where's Pitts? Pitts is 12. Yeah. John o. Smith is a set and forget a tight end one right now. They're, yeah. they're carry, you know, they're, they're supporting two starting tight ends. Uh, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. They're supporting two. And everybody was hopeful of Pitts, and Johnny was slightly above him still. Yeah, and, and I mean, because the only other pass catcher really in that offense is Drake London, right? I mean, Bijan gets his touches, but these two guys are pretty much their tight end one and their wide receiver two at present. So they can persist. I mean, tight ends need like eight targets a game and maybe a touchdown, and you're going to stay in that tight end one place. So Johnny Smith's a guy that if, if you picked him up for free on the waiver wire, even in some dynasty leagues, he was probably left for dead uh, well, You know, on the back end of that Patriots contract. He's been a revelation. And it's great because when I said there's a couple players, that was one of the players I was going to ask you because earlier Jeremy and I were talking about if you hold on to a guy sitting on your roster like a Gardner Minshew, that eventually he gets his chance. And Jonu was one of those ones that... I had him in a lot of places and I was just holding on to him because whatever, I just never got around to cutting him. But in the two places that I did cut him in the offseason, I was able to get him back in both of those. He was on cut the in a lot of leagues. His yeah. old ass was cut because nobody saw this coming. And then Exactly. And and, and and it's he's been, like you said, in, in one of my leagues, I have five other <laughs> tight ends and they all suck. So I've been starting him every single week. So it, interesting it, though, I, that we have Pitts and John U. Smith who, you know, I mean, you know, neither one's doing well. Pitts isn't doing what we want him to do still. It's gotten better, but they're, they're supporting both of those players, but Drake London, who's shown me enough to, to prove that he's a, a very capable wide receiver, wide receiver one future, I think, but not, on the Atlanta Falcons. Like you can't trust that. It's a shame. I, I'd like to see some of that stuff going. I'd like to see all of that stuff going to Pitts and London and not, and not John U. Smith, but here we are. <laughs> and you definitely want to start John U. Smith. Just like Matt said, he's playing yeah. to play. Perfect world, right? We can feed all these guys. And John U. Smith has done it in five games to Pitts is six. That, that's another, the most impressive part is Smith wasn't even active week one. And right, he's still right. tight end eight in total points, not even points per game, in total points in the season. But I think better days are ahead. There's no way Ritter is a quarterback <laughs> of the future for these Falcons. And there's going to be a lot of options this offseason. Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent. Um, uh, it sounds like uh, Kyler Kyler Murray could be available if, if the Cardinals bottom out in their pick. If that if yeah. Chicago ends up with one, maybe Justin Fields is available. Heads yeah. back to Georgia. There's going to be a lot of ways to upgrade a quarterback in Atlanta, and they have all the offensive pieces that if they can put a competent quarterback in there, it'll be. A, yeah, Ritter a looks a offense. lot like a career backup quarterback. I mean, a capable yeah. guy, but he's just not the guy, and he's you know not not going to win those games for you. So yeah, you're you're right. You know, he he's not long for the gig. I mean, he's a round three guy, right? I mean, what, what do we expect? Yeah. Right. Right. Well, Mike, didn't you have to, weren't you going to ask him about another particular tight end? Yes. That One was, name in particular, I mean. <laughs> that was the last one I was going to throw out to him before we, we, we see what we're doing here. But yeah, you know, over the years doing, we've talked before, I've been doing this since the 90s, but but I, I've been doing Dynasty now for about 11 years. And, and, and in Dynasty, especially when I first got in it, players like tight ends, especially rookie ones, you just didn't really bother too much with them in rookie drafts because it took so many years for those tight ends to at least do something for you. And over the last couple of seasons, we've been seeing that 
rookies, whether it's a tight end, a quarterback, a wide receiver, we all expect them to do something in week one, you know, and it's very unreasonable for that, but that's what everybody does. But especially a tight end, you don't really expect a rookie tight end to do something in their first year. But it's changed this year. Uh, well, not this year. Maybe in the last Recently, two, two, yeah. yeah, two or three years, we get one or two. It seems like this year we have a couple players that are, are are stepping up, you know. But last week was a big one for a lot of people that thought he was going to step up, and that was that Michael Mayer over there with the Raiders. I see you shaking your head. So I, I just wanted to ask you what you think about him. What you think about uh, the Green Bay t- rookie, uh, the Detroit rookie. Laporta, you know, we have these rookie tight ends that are all stepping up in their first year, and it just seems like that's where the trend is. Yeah, I, I, I think it's about damn time for Mayor <laughs> personally. Um, you know, Thank we, you. There's, there's, I mean, he was he was widely thought of as the most complete tight end coming out, most pro ready tight end, like plug and play day one. He goes to a team that moves on from Darren Waller, seemingly to clear the deck for Mayor to start, and then. He, he's got to fight through Austin Hooper, uh, of all people, <laughs> to, to get on the field. I, okay, a few weeks, I get it. We're starting to see his snaps really increase these last two weeks. They need more playmakers on the field. They did just lose Jimmy Garoppolo, so who knows what's going to happen. That's definitely going to hurt Mayer in the short term, but I like what I've seen the last couple weeks. He was pre-draft. He was my tight end one just because I believed he, we were going to see immediate production out of him. Uh, the draft and the capital kind of changed things on me a little bit, but happy to see him getting his snaps. You mentioned that Sam Laporta's tight end two right now in PPR. He's, he's dynasty tight end one for most people. You can't argue it. I mean, he's what? 15 you know, 13 years younger, 12 years younger than Travis Kelsey. And he's putting the production up. It's great to see yet another Iowa tight end produce. And then to your point, Musgrave really like hyper-athletic tight end in Green Bay, no one standing in his way. And then the guy everyone wanted after the draft was Dalton Kincaid, yeah. who didn't play on Monday night because of the concussion, really hasn't done much thus far. But he's on the field running running routes, which is what you want to see early on from these tight ends. So it's either just a product of we're sinking the capital and these guys get them on the field, or we're not asking them to do really tight endy stuff as much. We're using these big bodies as a mismatch, almost like a big slot receiver type role, which is pretty much what Kyle Pitts has played his entire career for the Atlanta yeah. Falcons and block once in a while as a receiver. So Kelsey too. I, yeah. I think the expectations have changed as far as what a tight end needs to be able to do to get on the field in the NFL. And, and it was a, it was a great class. This last it's, year, it's crazy. Well. Michael Mayer. I mean, Mayer was first and second round Devi guy, mm-hmm. known quantity for a long time. People loved him, and so him coming into the league and like Matt said, sliding like that, you know, slipping was, you know, was strange. And I think those of us who 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 owned him in Devi and kind of know his story were thinking, I still hold out hope for this guy. But listen, I talked to Matt before the season. We did a tight end episode on the Fantasy Forty. Um, with him and John Dabari, of course, the hosts. And uh, we talked a lot about Laporta and talking about how we thought he was going to be good. I mean, I didn't spend much time on Dalton Kincaid. I talked about some other players that probably won't pan out, but Laporta was a big name. And 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 I'm glad you talked about Iowa. I mean, if you can get an Iowa tight end in the NFL draft, just, just because he went to Iowa, you're doing the right thing because those guys just, I mean, they're trained to play that position as an offensive lineman, as a backup offensive lineman, 
lineman, by an offensive line coach, by like the whole, I mean, they, those guys come out ready to play in the NFL and we've just seen it. The, the guys who get on the field are the ones you want. Even, even if they are blocking on like some of these um, glorified slot receivers, even if they are blocking, they're at least getting on the field, um, getting chances, uh, getting better at their craft. And then they're there to catch that, you know, that touchdown that we want, right? Like Matt points out all the time, you're just looking for that. T- you're looking for the guy that's getting the touchdown that week. A couple grab, few grabs and a touchdown, and that's what you want. You want the double digits. Um, but the tight end game has changed. A lot of the older players, they've faded. You know, Mark Andrews isn't at, you know exactly old, but Kelsey Kittle, who's gotten beat up a la Gronkowski, because those guys do block, did block. You know, come off, hit somebody, run them over, then catch the ball. They're not just running down the slot. But the games change a lot. There, if you look down the list of the guys with the points, it's surprisingly Cole Komet at fourth, right? I, I don't even know how. There, there's a prime candidate always on the field and blocking because he's not even very good. But there's a lot of youth climbing up the ranks of tight end, and it's just a hard position to, to, to figure out who to start if you don't have, like, one of the top three guys. And I think Matt's better than average at doing that. I appreciate that. And Iowa keeping the tradition going. Eric All and Luke Lachey there that are both being bannered about in Debbie circles. Yep. Uh, Jason Dianzo came on to our podcast and was telling us to keep an eye uh, on Lachey specifically. And All's actually done a great job early on this year for Iowa as well. It's just, yeah, they're a factory, right? That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> when you just said that about that, uh, I was going to ask you, do you have anybody like um, – in the chamber, ready for next year, that you want to take a shot at uh, in rookie drafts. I mean, I know we're only we're only seven weeks into the NFL season, but is there any tight ends that you were really high on going into next year's that maybe some people can watch a little bit? Because you know, a lot of people that play dynasty and everything. Some of them don't watch college football, so they have to wait till the end of the season when everybody puts out their rankings and all their stories about rookies. But is there any tight end ones that you like right now that you you think some people should keep an eye on? Yeah, certainly. Um, everyone knows Brock Bauer, even the, the most novice uh, fan, I think, knows this kid. And unfortunately, he picked up an ankle injury that I think needs to get surgery uh, on where he, he might be done uh, for the season um, with, with Georgia, but still going to be first tight end taken top 15 pick in next year's draft um starting to dig a little deeper myself but jaheem sanders who again a lot of people probably know from texas and then uh jatavian sanders my apology and then jaheem bell from florida state was a south carolina transfer it's more of kind of like an h-back like an undersized tight end type that's just been a revelation in florida state it seems like every guy that hit in the transfer portal has has hit keon coleman um as well but jaheim bell kind of an undersized guy but i really like jatavian sanders uh pretty athletic tight end from university of texas as well so big programs you know there's no one under the radar right now we'll probably find start uncovering the dalton kincaid's kind of the second tier type guys from the the lesser known universities as, as we go throughout the year but Big Bell and Sanders fan. What about you, Jeremy? You, I know because I know you know those college guys. Too. Those, yeah, those those are names that he's talking about. There are always those gems, those guys that like you know, kind of kind of come out of nowhere. Um, but I think he nailed the you know the the guys um, that are doing well this year in, in the college ranks. And um, we'll have to get on like before we'll, we'll have to do another show where we talk some uh, Debbie going into the season as soon as the season's over because I can't wait. Um, but what I want to know is as far as who are you tra- uh, trying to acquire, Matt? Because some, you know, Laporta has priced himself probably out. Like you're you're paying for him, maybe even Musgrave. But are you trying to get any of the rookie tight ends from this last class? Um, actively trying to acquire them. 
I mean, Mayer would have been a nice target a week or two ago, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) On that, um, you kind of got to get guys before they hit because, you know, especially with the tight end position, once someone proves their worth, they're almost impossible to pry, especially if we were talking about a tight end premium league because, you know, they're they're worth their weight in gold. You know, that's why I was still so shocked with that Travis Kelsey trade. I I think there was just a tremendous amount of value. Even we're talking tail end of his career. Mm -hmm. These young guys that that I all think have tight end one, upside honestly um you know in the next several years as the travis kelsey cycle out and mark andrews and the hawkinsons and all get a little bit older i think all four of these guys could be tight end ones the only one that really hasn't done anything yet is kincaid and he had the highest capital no one's going to move off him so musgrave would probably be the one i would take a couple stabs at because i really do like the athleticism that makes i don't sense. like the offense i don't like the packers offense yeah, no, a good time to buy that, right? Because because um, you know his ceiling's probably higher than what he's even shown so far. So maybe a guy could get at value. Yeah, Kincaid was never never going to be a value. They were drafting him in round one. I didn't I, I didn't touch that. I was I wasn't going to take a tight end in round one. What about Brenton Strange? Any thoughts on him? I like him. I liked him until they extended <laughs> I, Evan I like Ingram. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once they extended Evan Ingram, I kind of was out on him. Uh, okay. I think they gave like a four year to Evan Ingram. Well, Strange scored a touchdown last week and. Yep. Uh, What's his name? I'm drawing a total blank on my Jaguars coach, Doug Peterson. Uh, Peterson. Yeah, your guy. Very much, yeah. And I know who he is, believe me. Um, he runs a lot of 12 personnel. Uh, he, he, it was prime Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard years um, with Peterson. Yeah. So there's a world where Strange can hit. And I read a lot of reports that he was kind of sne- – had a lot of sneaky upside, just really didn't He's hit. He's pretty athletic. Um, He's a good State. blocker, man. I mean, those Penn State guys, Look, not like Iowa, but – you know, pretty good. Two, you know, two for three, 27 yards and a touchdown. I mean, you know, he's not getting a ton of action, but, uh, you know, I see the, I see the upside. I still hold out hope that he could be decent. Um, I, you know, in college, he was, he was the shit. Yeah, you could get him. I'm sure you can get him cheap. And if I call, recall correctly, I think he was a senior uh, when he came out. So he was behind uh, probably Gasicki at some point. Yeah, he was prior. behind all those guys. Yeah, yeah as well. Finally got his right. chance. So, you know, had to wait his turn type thing and had a good season. You know, and got these, I think it was round two. Um, draft capital for the yeah. Jaguars, so it was good, you know certainly pick. a priority for them. Uh, to yeah, so get. he's so a guy yeah, I'm going he, after. Yeah, he's one, well warranted. He's one of those guys, Jeremy, because Jeremy and I have talked about in the past where a lot of these leagues I've traded away my upper picks, so I always have like threes, fours, fives because I get you got a, a lot of Bretton Strange. I do because he was Listen. a guy. He was a guy that like in the fourth round, fifth round of some of these leagues, he's still sitting there. And you know what the hell? Take a shot. It's kind of like you said with I was the so, with the I was Brock so Curry glad thing. you did. He wasn't there when I was up a couple picks after you, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> That's always the funny thing, Matt. Jeremy and I have. Uh, I mean doing this we've been doing this together for the seven eight years whatever but there's always these players that when it gets into the later rounds the two of us like go after the same guys so it's always fun to be in front of each other i stopped giving mike my rankings before the season like going really in depth because i'm like i'm not helping him find like his oh, fourth yeah. round like dart throws no you do you do well on your own but th- that you gotta, was a guy you gotta become crazy protective on some of that stuff john and i are like-minded on the 40 and i was the one i came across aaron jones way before he did in his draft year and i said john i don't care that green bay drafted jamal williams first this is aaron jones dude is ah. legit john has him just you as many it. places as i do because he just said well i had picks i I, was, I didn't even think about it he was there i started taking him it's right? so, so funny said, all right we're, we're gonna have to be a little more protective of yes of who we keep like some, some things close to the heart draft. there 
I love yeah. John. We we have to get both of you guys on one time. You know, uh, I've always had fun in all the years. Whenever I'm in a league with John, he's like so hilarious in the DMs. Um, I, I, I just want to ask you one last question before you get out of here, so you can go enjoy your game and with your with your wife and everything. You know, down here in Miami, we're one of these teams right now that is like the highest scoring team in the history of football after six weeks and and the most yards and all these kind of things. But we we have no tight end down here. It's like that, that position doesn't even matter down here. And uh, Gronkowski was interviewed this past weekend. They asked if he would come out of retirement and he said he would come out of retirement, but he would play for Miami. Um, you know, I, I doubt that would ever happen. Obviously, it's just him talking. But but how do you explain that? You know, when you're such the tight end whisperer and you love the tight end, but we just don't have it down here. And it doesn't seem like we've had for a while. But with Mike McDaniel, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, see, the, the thing that struck me as odd, and it, it was that, you know, George Kittle's a very unique individual, right? So McDaniel came from that whole San Francisco scheme, but George Kittle's still primarily a blocker. He just happens to be athletic enough to get away with it, it's true. you know, on limited usage. So new if you guy. don't have that tremendous upside on top of being a blocker, it, the primary responsibility of the tight end in this offense is to be able to block. You know, there's a is a bonus if you can catch, which is why Gasecki didn't work because he couldn't block worth a shit. So it didn't matter that he was a good, you know, was a mismatch as a pass catcher. He couldn't get on the field because he couldn't block, yeah. set the edges for these, you know, outside zones and everything like that. So getting what's it, Dorm Smythe, yeah, in there, who's in <laughs> essence a six offensive lineman right now who might catch a pass or two a game, but you're also feeding so many weapons in this offense that shit. Even if Gronk came there. I would be hard pressed to think he gets four or five targets yeah. a game. Like somehow, if he came back to peak Gronk, worked himself into shape, came on for the back end, he would still be, you know, maybe in the red zone, catch a couple touchdowns. He was an yeah. he was an excellent blocker himself, Gronkowski. Tremendous, oh, yeah. Kittle, which is man. why it, they were which amazing. Is why it would work right? that offense that they could generate. Right, they need a guy like like you're saying to come in there in order to actually produce in that offense. But who needs a man? Couple the Miami Dolphins offense with the Cleveland Browns defense, and you've got yourself a <laughs> dynasty. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I, you know, I, 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 I'm and Durham Smythe. If your name's Durham Smythe, do you do anything but block? <laughs> like, I mean, come shut on. Up. I'm going to say, you're a, you're a blocker if your name's Durham Smythe. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what you were born to do. Listen, I, I, that was one thing I was just waiting. I wanted to finish up with you to ask you that because I knew if anybody would have Whoa, the answer. Up, Durham. You, I'm about to because <laughs> that's what I was born to do. Stop it. I knew if anybody oh, had stop. the answer, you would have it, Matt. <laughs> and Jeremy, I'm trying to help Matt get out of here so he can go enjoy his baseball game with his wife so listen hey, listen i got i got five more minutes let's not get out of here yet another guy we're talking about getting low on go by trey mcbride oh um, okay <laughs> i can say then with the cardinals for somehow zach Ertz made his way back from a significant knee injury and time to start the season he's getting peppered with targets but he's not the future right. i still believe in trey mcbride that might yeah. be like kind of the post hype he didn't hit as a rookie because of Ertz. he didn't get a chance to start this year because Ertz came back but Ertz isn't in their future plans he could get moved at the trade deadline and you could see mcbride finally start getting those starters reps and maybe kyler comes back this year but more of a dynasty long-term buy you might be able to get trey mcbride cheap you know and he was the clear tight end one in last year's draft a worse draft um a year ago than, than this past uh draft but he's a guy that I, I have a number of places, um, but if I didn't, I'd be making some moves to get them, especially in tight end premium leagues. Good advice. You know what? I, I read um, some – I saw some stats on Ertz. You know, my, uh, Matt and I do the start-sit thing for lunchtime crunch time on Dynasty Football Radio, sponsored by Dynasty Trade Jades Q. But we um, – <laughs> 
we were talking, uh, you know, about this and about Ertz. And I swear to you, I thought I was reading stats from 2013, not 2023, when I saw Zach Ertz all over the place. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on? Flashback. Yeah, but he's still he's still catching fall Ertz. He gives he brings you nothing after the catch. He never has. Just catches everything. I get tackled by the closest man standing. So it's funny. That's I saw true. an article earlier today where they were talking about maybe, like you said, he'll get traded and go back to the Eagles or something. You know at the last minute so um huh. but that's a good one and and thank you for throwing that out there for anybody you know maybe out of all the the rookies what we talked about earlier even though he's last year's rookie that might be the one to target and grab so again thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it uh good luck tonight with your with your game i hope <laughs> i hope everything goes great for you and your wife and uh oh, we appreciate you jumping the hunt for red october man always a pleasure yeah. Gentlemen, thank drink you some bourbon, us. have some fun. Thanks for joining us, Matt. We love you, oh. buddy. Oh, you you know the bourbon's going to be flowing. Gentlemen, the pleasure was all mine. Go, Phils. Talk to you, gentlemen, later. All right, we Take appreciate care. it. Thank you. And go check out Matt over at walk underscore FF on Twitter. So thanks a lot, Matt. Fantasy 40. Love that guy. He, he really knows football and positions like that. And the reason I went to tight end is because I truly do not know uh -huh. Anyone else we do fantasy football with that knows as much about football and tight ends and like, you know, like I've said before about Gronkowski and Kittle, I know that they block. Not all tight ends do that. And the reason their stats weren't even better is because they were relied on to to block before they caught. And that's why Kittle isn't the best tight end in the league. He could if he ha if he played for the Chiefs and was Travis Kelsey, he'd probably do better than Kelsey. That's awesome. But he has to block and he gets hurt and he runs guys over, but then he can't because he's doing that. He just, he, he they send Kelsey like a slot receiver up the middle and he's open. Yeah. And see, so. that's the kind of stuff that, you know, if, unless you're watching it and, and understanding that some people just look at the fantasy football numbers and the things and they're like, wait, why is this happening and why is it not? So it's great to have somebody like Matt and, and you and, and everybody look, every podcast, there's so much out there. There's so many things that you can listen to. And a lot of people have some great opinions and it's really cool to find some gems like you say and little things that somebody might tell you that you may not have thought of before um look we have a bunch of trades here that we were going to talk about but i think let's move those over to the patreon show um i think you know we had a great time here with matt and <laughs> is everything okay am i losing you <laughs> no no i'm here i'm listening to you <laughs> All right. Well, I was trying to wrap it all up here. So why don't you tell everybody about our Patreon account before we go? <laughs> Listen, we have the best group of people in our patronage, really. Uh, the best group of people, loyal friends, like uh, loyal listeners, just great people to hang out with. We've got if you become a patron. Listen, not only do we have the group me where these people, I mean, our pals like flock and herd in there all day long. I, I miss an hour and I've missed everything. It's hard to keep up with all the trades, the offers, the the dialogue that we have in the in the um, you know in in the uh, patron group me. But like, listen, you get the unedited, not safe for work version of this show. You get all the patron special stuff that we do. Um, the start sits um, once a week that we we put out there. A lot of uh, special editions. We're gonna have some great shows coming up, and not all of that content's gonna be on iTunes because, well, quite frankly, we can't put it all on iTunes. <laughs> Uh, but check us out on Patreon. Become a patron. Um, I, I don't think you'll regret it, right, Mike? We have just a ton of fun. And I, and I want to talk to you too, Mike. We have such good guests coming up. And 
I don't know. I think we need to find out if we're doing the IDP show for just the patrons or for iTunes. Oh, right? Don't no. you want to do the IDP show? I we want... haven't done that before. It's unprecedented. <laughs> we need to know if the listeners want that. <laughs> Listen, I've been wanting to do an IP, I, IDP one for quite a while. So it'll be great that we finally get that out there. So it'll definitely be an iTunes show, not a Patreon show. But uh, for tonight, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to go jump into the Patreons right now. And we appreciate you listening. And thank you very much. And check us out on Twitter at Dynasty Trades HQ. Actually, check us out on all social media platforms at Dynasty Trades HQ. And uh, for right now, so <laughs> say goodbye, everybody, even though everybody is just me and you. Yeah, nope. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, good luck this week, and uh, stay tuned for more good stuff on the HQ. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm looking at you, and then I, I was just kind of cracking up. So, all right, we love you. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>